Welcome back to Cinema Adventure, where a movie podcast where every single week we sit down and have a discussion about a film. I'm your superhero. Wait, no, I'm your evil villain host, Aiden Walker. Oh, then I guess I'll be your superhero host, Blake Peterson. Not trying to be too cocky there, but I feel like we got to balance it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the balance was great because this movie had an amazing villain. That's true. I think one of the best Marvel villains I think, I've seen. I think the best Marvel villain we've oh, seen. Oh, the best. The Ian. best. Blake, what are we talking about we, today? We're talking about Black Panther, directed by Ryan Coogler. From 2018. From 2018. The, I th- believe it's the 18th Marvel movie now. Oh, my gosh. It's like, what did they call it? Chapter 6 in Phase 3 or something. There are all these weird uh-huh. terms that they keep throwing at it. <laughs> I'm just, I didn't even realize we're that far in. We are we are deep in the Marvel waters. We're deep. And somehow Marvel has, I don't know, it's like it's, this is unlike anything they've done before. It feels renewed. I don't know how a movie, like a franchise, or I guess it's not a franchise, but like a universe that is 18 movies and can somehow keep making products that manage to somehow kind of just reinvent everything. There was a significant period of time where Marvel completely lost my interest. What was that period? I think it was right after the second, oh, maybe, you know, I think it was right after the first Thor movie came out. I was (gasps) like, okay. Yeah, that was lame. That's true, because like that year there was that and... Iron Man 2, which wasn't that great either. Oh, Iron, the Iron Man 2 and 3 are both just, ooh, they are like hot three. garbage. Did you I like 3? I like 3, yeah. E. 2 was weird. I mean, it had, like, Mickey Rourke with, like, the electric whips. It's just, just I did not enjoy that. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, why is he doing that? I mean, Scarlett Johansson's great in it, but. That was know. the first appearance of Black Widow, right? That was, yeah. She stole mm. the show. She's great. Yeah, apparently they're going to do a Black Widow movie. I'm pumped. That? I'm a little surprised it's taken them this long. I know. I want Almost it so decade. bad. Yeah, it's, I, it's like just got It's just got to be a good thriller, you know? Just, I think so. Just make a cool espionage movie. I think Give they, me a James Bond movie with Scarlett Johansson as the main character. Honestly, I'm I think an espionage movie would be perfect for her. Because, I mean, when you see her, she does so much good, like, undercover work and is such a great fighter. And I think she would be, like, a great spiral. So we'll see what they do. Curious we'll how that's going to happen. And, you know, this is Marvel is never going to end. There will be Marvel movies from now until the end of time. That's what I'm scared about. Like, when? Because I feel like there's going to be, like, a period of time in the future when there's a lot of reflective pieces about. Remember that period when Marvel was so dominant and how, you know, culturally omnipresent it was? But. Like, when is that going to happen? Because I feel like it's already been so long. There so, is a lot of material to pull from. I'm terrified. That's true. For Marvel. Yeah. They've got tons and I'm tons frightened. and tons of stories. <laughs> no, I like, it's going to be a while, and then we're going to keep seeing these, cra- we're going to see crazier and crazier villains I guess come so. Out. Did you ever hear about the Marvel villain Galactus? Did you ever see no. any pictures of Galactus? What is Galactus? He's a like cactus? a he's like a pl- <laughs> Galactus the cactus, yeah. He's like a, <laughs> he's like a world-sized man. Oh wow! And he okay. he like eats planets. Hmm. So do you think Danny DeVito is going to play him? Possibly. I think so. I think okay. most likely it will be DeVito. DeVito or Tom Cruise? Just kidding. I'm not sure why. No, I, I don't know. I think I think DeVito's got the shape for Galactus. That's true. He does but I don't. The, I don't think that. Uh, I think shape. Cruise is too much of a skinny boy to That's be Galactus. That's true. He is skinny. Well, <laughs> anyway, that was a heck of a tangent. We're going to talk about that Black Panther now, <laughs> the movie that we are on the podcast to discuss. Yes. 18th movie in the 18th Marvel movie. franchise yeah. universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as they say. <laughs> it stars. Chadwick Boseman playing the titular role of the Black Panther. Yes. Lupita Nyong'o, Donnie Martin, Martin Freeman, Andy Serkis, and uh, Michael B. Jordan. And yeah. a, a host of other people. 
are in it. Yeah, like Forrest, Bassett. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, got all the big names. The best thing about this movie, well, I can't say that. There's a lot of bests about this movie. There's so many it's good really fantastic. It's but awesome. one of my favorite things, I guess, is that they didn't try to pull in a bunch of other stuff to say, look at this. We're in the Marvel Universe. Don't forget, mm. here's an Infinity Stone. Here's Captain America. Yeah. Oh, look, it's Iron Man. They didn't do any of that. They let this be its own story that was self contained. They didn't make it an origin story either. We got an origin story for the villain, but yeah. they were just like, he's Black Panther. Yeah. That's it. I like it too. It is so self-contained. And I think that helps it feel so refreshing because all the other movies, they kind of tie in together and blend. And in some ways, like even Captain America 3 was basically an Avengers movie. So they all kind of mesh and they all kind of just glob together. So to have this as kind of its own separate entity um, was really refreshing. And it is so visually different than... Um, a lot of the uh, other Marvel movies that we've seen. So it takes place in this fictional nation called Wakanda. It, how it's hidden, I guess, I'm in Africa. And basically, it kind of imagines an Africa where there was no colonialism. And they are able to find much of their like economic success. And really I don't know if it imagines an Africa where there's no colonialism, but it imagines a country in Africa that was able to use technology to hide themselves yeah, and avoid colonialism. That's true. That's probably like the more because they they use it as an as a insult to Martin yeah. Freeman's character when they see him. He questions something, and what is it? Black Panther's younger sister Shuri. She just tells him she says something like, "Be quiet, colonizer," or mm. "I'm not scared of you, colonizer." Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, but it, like it's this completely different nation where they they're able to be very powerful because of this metal called vibranium that basically it seems like it could just kind of do anything. Like they're able to make a bunch of technological advancements and products based off it, basically. And so it's a very lucrative country, or is it a country exactly? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very lucrative country that is yeah totally hidden. So it is self-contained and it's very beautiful and. It's just kind of like a fantasy world, basically. Yeah, it's a utopia. Yeah, great utopia. The thing that I was confused about when I was leaving the theater for a moment and then the nerd senses kicked back in was <laughs> I was like, huh, vibranium. That's got to be what Captain America's shield is made of. No, no, no. I was wrong. No. That shield is adamantium. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. The, and Wolverine's claws are also adamantium. So I was, I was thinking, what's the difference between them? I would guess that adamantium is just really hard. Yeah, I really strong metal, but vibranium is it has more of magical qualities. Yeah, I'd imagine vibranium is probably since they say it comes from a meteor. I'd imagine it's somehow related to the Thor universe in some way because that's all taking place <laughs> way out there. Oh, Who I knows? just I love not thinking about any of those things. At yeah, all. I, the, I can't help myself. Yeah, do you want to give a brief plot rundown? Yeah, I can give a very brief one. So Chadwick Boseman is the Black Panther, and there's this story that he gets told about a man named Ulysses Clowey, I think is how you pronounce it, yeah. who's played by Andy Serkis. And 30 years ago, he and a bunch of thugs were able to find Wakanda, and they broke in, and they stole a bunch of vibranium. So they they decide that they're going to find him and they're going to get him because they've heard rumors that he's planning to do some other kind of heist or a trade with some more vibranium that he's stolen from a museum. Well, you find out during this time that Michael B. Jordan's character is working with Andy Serkis. You then get some backstory on him and you find out why he's a bad guy. I don't want to like say too much. I yeah. don't know. But we'll just say he's like connected to Wakanda in some way. Yeah, he's connected to Wakanda in some way and he has he's he's out for blood, so his plan is to come back, become king and 
uh, distribute vibranium all over the world so that oppressed peoples will have technology and be able to overthrow currently established governments. Yeah, which is kind of why I like him so much as a villain because I feel like most of his... Granted, he's doing it in a pretty violent way, but a lot of his arguments for his villainy make sense and are understandable. Like, you honestly, like, in a way, you don't hate him because he's kind of fighting for a lot of good at the same time. So it's it's a very... He's a very interesting villain. Yeah. He really is. The best thing is is that the, the hero learns something from the villain at the end yeah. and applies it to his, his own actions. Yeah. It's good. I, I'm happy that they gave all the characters some kind of arc because I feel yeah. like, you know, there have been 18 movies, and I think I talked about this in the Thor episode. I really don't feel like Iron Man or Thor or Captain America has really changed very much as a character yeah. in that time. They've just kind of been introduced. I guess the only movie where you really see much development with them is the first Avengers movie. Yeah. No, I'm really happy that the Black Panther was able to learn from the villain's mistakes, but also from his aspirations. Yeah. Because he makes a pretty significant decision at the end of the movie after... Uh, well, after the final fight. Yeah, and I like, too, Black Panther in general to be here because I think some people might take him as being boring in a way because he is very kind of soft-spoken and the very almost stoic masculine figure. But I really like him because I think, like, your Tony Starks are kind of these sly smartasses or you have Captain America who's very, very earnest. Um, kind of one-note heroes in a way, whereas you can feel T'Challa's, like, the weight on his shoulders. Like, he really feels the magnitude of his role as the Black Panther and the responsibilities that he has. And you can really sense that, that this role really means a lot to him and he wants to, you know, do the best job that he can and he knows that his country's relying on him. So I really like him, even if he is upstaged a lot of the time by supporting characters. I think he is upstaged quite a bit, actually. And yeah. I, think it's because, <laughs> I think it's because Chadwick Boseman is a little bit stiff in this role. He feels He feels kind of static to me. I don't know. I don't know. I Did you not? It. Do you you liked it? I don't know. I felt like I feel like I almost felt with it kind of this silent rumbling. Like you could sense that there's just like a lot of turmoil there, all in a way, like just kind of a lot of self conflict about like what he feels he needs to do versus like can he do it? You know, just kind of that uncertainty. I kind of felt that, but I could see how it could be perceived as static too. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I it might have to do with the fact that Michael B. Jordan is just so good. He's so charismatic. He's incredible that I was rooting I was rooting for Killmonger. <laughs> like I really was. He's yeah. just so fantastic and you can hear it in his voice like when he he's explaining, you know, he's doing you know, you've seen The Incredibles, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's the whole bit where Syndrome is like, oh, you caught me monologuing, right? That whole <laughs> bit, like the supervillains always got to do a monologue. Killmonger has an excellent monologue mm -hmm. during this fight to, you know, claim the throne. And he's delivering the monologue with such tenacity, is that yeah. a good word? That you just, you just, you're like, yeah, he's, he's there. He's earned it. He's yeah. fighting. Honestly. Yeah. No, he's really, really good. Wouldn't expect anything less from Jordan, though. He's had a pretty interesting career so far, given some good performances, so this is kind of nice to see him. Because, I mean, he made his first superhero attempt a few years ago with the Fantastic Four movie, which famously bombed. So, and What character did he play? I think was he, he the was. Human Torch? I think so. I almost, I'm so glad you said Human Torch, because I was just going to be like the fireman. The so. fireman. <laughs> So that, you know, saved me a little bit. So I guess <laughs> I guess two different human torches have been put into the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe yeah, and true. been redeemed then. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan and uh, yeah, like Captain Fetus, America, whatever Chris his Evans, name is. Yeah. Chris Evans, thank you. I forgot Chris Evans was in that. He was really young, I think. Like maybe 24 at the yeah. time. Wow. I guess Michael B. Jordan's not that old either, though. So. No. 
you know, they just have to get started playing fire monsters, I guess. That's the way. <laughs> That's the way Start to go. Start as a fire monster. Yeah. And then <laughs> don't do it ever again. Yeah. No, this is also Jordan's third collaboration with Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler also wrote and directed Fruitvale Station, which was about the last day in the life of Oscar Grant, who was a black man who was killed by police. And then Creed, which was the sequel to Rock. Was it a Rocky sequel? Ryan Coogler directed Creed? Yeah. I've heard that's actually really good. Yeah. No, it's supposed to be good. Didn't wait. Did Sylvester win? No. I think he was going to win for Best Supporting Actor, and then he didn't, and everyone was mad. But who can say? I'm also talking about Sylvester Stallone, everyone, if you were curious. But <laughs> I'm not sure. You're on a first-name basis. But it is funny because both – I mean, I haven't seen Creed. I guess I've seen clips. But, I mean, you can sense that both that and Prevail Station are stylistically similar. They're very um, low-budget and gritty, kind of the street feel. And so to go from that to this very huge, you know, it's very big-budget movie – um, that has so much going on visually and in terms of action that it's, and especially because Ryan Coogler's only 31, like it's just mind blowing wow. that he can make this big step without. And it is, I feel like it does kind of align with a lot of the themes that were explored in those movies as well. So it doesn't really feel like that big of a step away from his, I don't know, kind of filmmaking style in a way. So that was the part so that he could retain that. Because I think it's hard for a lot of directors when they go toward Marvel to kind of retain what made them unique in the first place. Who would you say, because I feel like there are a lot of really great supporting characters in this. Did you have any favorites at all? Favorite supporting characters? Yeah. Oh. Besides Killmonger, who's, you know, great. Oh, <laughs> Killmonger is so good. I am a sucker for Lupita Nyong'o. She's mm. just amazing in basically everything that she does. She's you know, so good she, she she played a little tiny uh, sweet potato in Star Wars and killed oh, yeah. it. So she could do anything. She really um, can. She's been yeah. in a lot of like these big blockbuster things because she's in this and Star Wars, and I think she was in like the Jungle Book too. Mm-hmm. So she's just kind of doing all the blockbusters that she can. <laughs> I'm not sure who she voiced in the Jungle Book. I haven't. Seen I don't that. either. I haven't seen it either. Who knows? I know a lot. I feel like that movie, even though it was acclaimed, it made a lot of money. I kind of just don't believe it exists. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just yeah. it doesn't it seem It just looked like, it like a CGA nightmare to me when yeah, I was no, seeing I the trailers. Not. I mean, John Favreau makes good movies, so. Yeah, I don't trust it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't can't be trusted. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. John Favreau actually got all of this started. He did that first Iron Man movie that kicked off the Marvel Cinematic oh God, Universe. That's true. It's all his fault. It's all his fault. <laughs> God. <laughs> Can you believe what a different movie this is than that first Iron Man movie? Oh my God. This is so much better too. Oh yeah. I actually I really like a lot more. I actually really enjoy the first Iron Man movie. Iron Man's a lot of fun, but I don't know. I mean this, this is just, a this is a better movie for I sure. I think it's a way better movie. Way better movie. But that first Iron Man movie is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, my favorite I'd say supporting is Shuri, the younger sister played oh. by Letitia Wright, who she's only like, I think 16 in it. And she's kind of this child genius who is kind of, she's comparable to Q and James Bond, like the gadget guy. Um, yeah. That's basically her. I can't believe you said that. Yeah, that's true. I, I went and saw this movie really late at night with my dad. <laughs> yeah. And he leaned over to me in the middle of the film, like when she was showing him the tracking devices yeah. and the EM, like the handheld EMPs. And he just leans over to me and he goes, she's cute. <laughs> she is cute. Like, yeah, she is cute. She's the best. And she has so many funny lines. And also just like the relationship between her and T'Challa is so believable. And she kind of has like the, you can almost tell that like she makes fun of him for how serious he is kind of. And she kind of just wants to make him laugh all the time. And God, she's great. And then I also love Okoye, is that how you say it? Um, mm-hmm. Played by Danae Garuria, who... 
I haven't seen The Walking Dead, but I know she's a very pivotal character on that show. Um, but she Is plays. She? Yeah, I think in that show she has a big sword. I don't know if you've seen The Walking Dead. Oh, does Dead. she play Michonne? Maybe I haven't oh, seen. That's it. wild. I've I've seen a f- couple of seasons. Okay. I, I think I watched up until her introduction and then I stopped. <gasps> I heard her introduction. I remember reading Entertainment Weekly and they were like, who's this new character? She seems cool. <laughs> and like, that's all I know. She's in the comic but, books. <laughs> oh, is she? Yeah. No, she is also really great in this. She plays kind of this warrior woman who's ferocious. She just seems like larger than life in general. She has like this huge, what is that? A harpoon? Like what is her weapon spear. of choice? Like a spear. Yeah. It just wields that a sucker. harpoon. I don't even know really she's what a harpoon go, is. She's gonna go get Moby Dick with it. Honestly, is a harpoon? Is that the thing where it's like a gun but it shoots a knife? So I'm just off. I'm just picking. <laughs> I'm just like thinking. What's a weapon that's uh, a, a huge piece of wood a har- with a, a knife har- at the end? A harpoon is a a, har- <laughs> a harpoon. I still don't know. It's like a it's a spear that's got like three fish hooks on the end of it. Oh wow! I know so, there's three fish hooks at the end. Yeah. Wow. So a harpoon is what you would use to shoot like a I don't know a big sea animal to lug it onto your boat. Well, I think she should uh, add that to her collection. You know what? You know, we were just talking about Thunderball I was in just a recent say episode, and they are shooting harpoons at each other at yeah. the end of Thunderball. Just so rude. I think so, pick a nicer well, weapon. You're welcome, underwater. audience. If you didn't know what a harpoon was before you got into the Black Panther episode, you do now. Yeah, just like I didn't know and still continued to say that that was her weapon. <laughs> no, but she's great, and there's a lot of great fighting scenes with her. My favorite is there's this... Um, kind of showdown between it's her and Lupita Nyong'o and Chadwick Boseman um, at this kind of underground gambling. Oh, the casino, like, casino, the yeah, casino. Um, where there's kind in, of the showdown between them and like the main villain and Pyongyang, right? I think they're in. Sure. Well, they're in South Korea. <laughs> yeah, South Korea. And there's a big um, chase through the streets, and there's like at one point where Garuria like is on top of a car, and it's just so. God, it's so great. She's like that. I feel like even though she's kind of a side character, she's very much the centerpiece of that scene. And I feel like the centerpiece of every scene she's in, she just commands your attention. And I mean, I guess she's not necessarily new, but after watching, I just feel like I'm really excited to see her and Letitia Wright in more things. Because I mean, after this, it's just like instantaneous star. But it makes you realize like a lot of Marvel movies in general, like they are capable of introducing actors to a wider audience so i hope this gives them some more opportunities yeah that'd be great that would be amazing <laughs> uh, i'd like to retract my statement about where they were in korea <gasps> why Did i said change? i said pyeongchang or uh-huh. uh, yeah pyeongchang and that's um that's where the olympics are happening right now oh, i well. believe they go olympics to Bu- I, think, I think they go to busan okay in black Panther. <laughs> i'm pretty sure they're in busan yeah i don't know what's going on, the, on with the olympics you could say like literally any location i'd be like sure have you not watched any of the winter olympics um i've sometimes when i like we'll go to dinner and the tv's on playing it that's when i'll watch it but that's it yeah which is dumb because i'll like watch it with like i'll see it with the sound off whatever and i'm like wow this is really interesting and then i just don't continue if you're gonna watch something i recommend you try and find some youtube videos of the women's snowboarding that happened okay. because it was awesome i'll do that i feel like all i've the biggest thing i've seen is like the did you see sally field trying to hook her get her son together with adam rapon on twitter no <laughs> yeah that's like kind of the extent of my knowledge so all, right. all right we'll go with well, that there's lots of curling that's been happening too wow know? very cool all right <laughs> Blake, I think it's time that you hit me with a few of your patented fun facts. Oh, wow. 
I have so many. Do you? Like, I had a hard time trying to figure out what I was going to pick, which is weird because I feel like usually when new movies come out, they don't have a ton. But I guess they've also done a lot of interviews leading up to this, so they've probably just spilled a lot of tea in the last few months. So I guess one, this isn't as much a fun fact, as it's just been kind of restated over and over through a lot of these articles, but the movie was actually originally going to be starring Wesley Snipes like way back in the 90s he got the he tried to get the film developed in like 1992 and there were like actually like negotiations and it was supposed to happen but then nothing really came to fruition and so like by 1996 they were like okay I guess we're just gonna scrap this so it's been a very long time coming to get this happening so to prepare for his role Jordan kept to himself while he was on the set because he felt like Killmonger's distant and in conflict with the other characters so he didn't want you know to have any false feelings of that. He Which was is, just like Adam Driver. I guess so, yeah. Because, you know, for Star Wars, <laughs> he was invited to have lunch with Mark Hamill. And <gasps> he, he was no. like, he was like, no, I don't think that Kylo Ren would have lunch oh with Luke Skywalker. Oh, my God, just get over it. I know. All these actors. Oh <laughs> Come on. Also, it's funny because, like, you see all these clips now with, like, Jordan and Nyong'o that are so friendly. So it's like it's nice that even though he was distant on set, he could still build these kind of relationships afterward. So That's good. That's really good. Um, the fighting in this film is based on African martial arts, and the filmmakers also cited action scenes in Creed and the Kingsman films, apparently, um, as being major influences on the fighting style uh, showcased in this movie. Um, Nyong'o and co-star Winston Duke, who they play Nakia and M'Baku, um, were classmates when they were at Yale together. And I guess when they saw the Avengers like a few years ago, they were really awestruck by it and really hope that someday they would be able to maybe be like in a Marvel movie of some kind. And here they are That's in the awesome. same movie together. Love it. The filmmakers really painstakingly tried to create a unique culture for each of the Wakandan tribes to kind of just get a sense of the country being a mix of all these different tribes. So like the border tribe was inspired by less Otho architecture and language and used like blue and wood as huge motifs and like the river tribe used like green and shells to represent a lot. The merchant tribe was inspired by Nigerian architecture and language and so like et cetera, et cetera, they really made sure that each thing had its own distinct look and feel, which is really cool that they put that effort into making Wakanda as kind of diverse as possible. That's awesome. Very cool. I always love like things like that where it's like maybe not super necessary to be super detailed, but they just kind of do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The mountain tribe had such a cool look. Yeah. Um, with all the fur that they wore mm-hmm. and then the scene where they go and they ask the mountain tribes leader their king for help they yeah. show up and his throne room is just like open air yeah on top of this mountain it's got this cool looking throne that's i think made out of wood and yeah. there's all these white bleached like logs that are hanging from the ceiling it's so mm-hmm. it's so unique looking no it's really cool the one thing that i want to do the most ever seeing this movie is go to wakanda and, and it's really visit. a shame that it's not a real place i know it looks it's absolutely amazing no i'd love to visit someday more fun facts so the black panther character himself was created in like the summer of 1996 which was whoa two... whoa, 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 whoa 1966 1966 yeah. i got i flipped the six Ooh. and the nine that was a little terrifying he's been around for a long time. long time can you imagine if it was 1996 and wesley snipes is getting a movie developed in 92 he's just predicting <laughs> a character that's gonna happen did you write down did you want to did you say what? where where his first appearance was did you have who oh, black panther. i I don't think it pertains to his first appearance. I was just going to say how, like, the first comic or whatever was released two months before the Black Panther Party, like, officially started. 
And so people had like mistakenly it's like assumed the name and the party were connected, and so like they didn't really want to buy it, so they changed the name to like Black Leopard, but that didn't last because everyone thought that name was weird. So there's like a little controversy there. But what were you gonna say? I was gonna <laughs> say the first appearance of Black Panther was in Fantastic Four issue number fifty-two. Oh wow! And so he was in that in nineteen sixty-six. Okay. Uh, before soon after having his own uh, yeah. series of comics that was run by Jack Kirby, the like classic comic book man mm-hmm. uh, associated with Stan Lee. And I think Jack Kirby wrote it for, I think something like 12 or 13 issues before being wow. like, I want to do a new character. Cause there was, there was something he, he was, he wanted to start something new. And so he passed it off to some other people who oh. continued it. Mm. But yeah, he's been around for a long time. Well, that's true. I feel like a lot of these comic dudes, are still somehow alive and it's very impressive to me that they can last so long but i don't know if jack kirby is still alive oh, okay i was kind of inferring that he was but I, I meant that black panther had been around for a long time oh okay i thought you meant like the creators i'm like well i guess stanley and all of his stanley associates are still alive is ancient he's ancient how old is he now 96 oh he's really old oh my god i don't know Damn. if it's 96 it's he's in his 90s it's a secret wow I don't even. Who knows? It, and you know, every every cameo appearance he has extends his life by you know thirty, forty I, days. I think that's the key. Just like make cameo appearances in movies based on your work, and you'll just live forever. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Next fact: Coogler insisted on bringing in collaborators from his previous movies because he wanted to you know make sure that his own stamp was put on the film and differentiated from the other Marvel movies because he felt like a lot of them were composed and edited and shot by pretty much the same people. So we wanted to make sure that it was. Uh, very distinct from that. So he brought in cinematographer Rachel Morrison, production designer Hannah Beecher, and composer Ludwig Gorenson, who all worked with him on Fruitvale Station. So, and I believe Rachel Morrison. I think she also shot. I'm not positive. I think she shot Mudbound, which I think she's nominated for best cinematography That's for this cool. year. Not positive though, so don't. We'll find that out later. You know but. that Ryan Coogler always has female cinematographers. Yeah, in all I read those that. Movies. Yeah, I really like that. I like that too. Mm-hmm. According to oh, I guess it's Beechler, not Beecher. Anyway, according to Beechler, their circular designs featured throughout Wakanda, like suns, rings, and etc. etc. to represent completeness and eternity. Very interesting. Other than the Marvel Studios title card, you might notice there are no opening credits. The film also doesn't show the title until the end during the closing credits, which I didn't even realize, but I guess that's true. Um, The scars on Killmonger's body are a form of body modification called scarification, um, which is like a dying tradition that is carried out by some African tribes. So that was a way to connect that to that. But those are my fun facts for today. Really had to dial it down. (laughs) I saw a really, really great photoshopped picture before seeing Black Panther. Uh, (laughs) Somebody posted a picture of Michael B. Jordan of Killmonger with with his shirt off in the movie, you know, with all the scars, each little little dot, you know. Each little dot represents somebody that he's killed is what the scars are supposed to be in the movie. And somebody posted a picture of him with like a magnifying glass over (laughs) it zooming in. And it was like each each scar was like a Lego stud. <laughs> and then the caption was, Black Panther's got no chance. Lego is the hardest substance known to man. Uh, <laughs> it was good. I it can't good. stand it. <laughs> it was really good. All the memes that like pertained, like, or at least like all the, um, what are they called? I almost forgot. Actually, I did forget. Anyway, like the very, like the super fans that you see like on Tumblr, like all the memes that I see related to Marvel, or I guess really anything that has a big fandom <laughs> that come out after the movies, it's always like, oh my God. Then they somehow <laughs> will make their way onto my timeline. And I'm like, I can't look at this directly. This is so bad. <laughs> it's like looking into the sun. 
Honestly, I think Twitter's had some pretty good Black Panther memes, though, so far. So that's been nice. But Tumblr's been a little trashier. But (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like, too, how... Because, I mean, the ensemble is predominantly black. And so it was really nice how they made a point to have a token white character. Because in so many movies, there is, like, a token black character that's just kind of thrown in there for the sake of diversity, which is not cool, obviously, to, you know, do that for the sake of that. So with Martin Freeman. Yeah, so Martin Freeman gets that role. And I guess, like, he would be asked in interviews, like, oh, is it weird being the only white guy? He's like, hello, like, this happens to people of color all the time. Like, why are you asking me? Like, ask them what it's like for them to constantly be surrounded by white people. That wasn't a direct quote, but... That was the gist. He was just like, that's so dumb that you're asking. <laughs> However he said it, I'm sure it was much more English. A lot more English, a lot more eloquent. Than that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really like that as well, to have that touch. I think any white characters in this movie are used really just to push the fl- plot forward, which happens to a lot of actors or people of color as well. So it is nice to have that reversal as well. Yeah. Yeah, attentive toward that. Oh my gosh, Andy Serkis was great. He was really movie. good. I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I just, <laughs> I'm, he's a great actor. It's just that you never see him in a role where he's not an ape or no, true. Uh, he's Supreme always... Leader Snoke or was he Gollum too? Gollum, yeah. <laughs> he's always like attached to something. Yeah, no, I think the only other movie I've seen him in where he's not animated is uh, The Prestige. Oh, I honestly like, can't even think because I like recognized him. But then I was like thinking like, have I really seen him in like, like seen Andy Serkis, the actor? Like, I don't think I have, but it's very, it's nice to see him in a role like this where he good. isn't you know, I, completely CGI. He, his accent was really believable too. I knew he was South African like the second he opened his mouth. Uh-huh. I was like, whoa. <laughs> he's fantastic. You wouldn't expect less from no. Circus. Yeah. Oh, and it, he's like a fun contrast because I feel like Killmonger is very like a charismatic and very intelligent villain. Like he really, his reasons for his antagonism, you know, convincing. Whereas like I think Circus by contrast is very kind of foam mouthed and very just kind of gross and slimy. Yeah. And he pulls that off really well. And I like that contrast between them. My favorite scene in the entire movie is when Andy Circus and Michael B. Jordan break into the museum well i guess they don't they don't technically break in they're in the museum and then they you know yeah stir stir the pot <laughs> but there's such a good scene where killmonger at, he's talking to a museum attendant and he's poisoned her coffee yeah but she doesn't know that and then she collapses and uh he's looking at this ancient wakandan artifact that he's going to steal because it's made of vibranium uh-huh. so he breaks open the case to get the thing but then before he leaves he sees this i think it's an ethiopian mask Oh yeah, it's like a, some kind of travel mask that he sees, and he's he's reaching for it. And uh, Andy Serkis's character is like, "Oh, is that is that also made of vibranium?" And he's like, "Nah, I'm just feeling it." And then he puts <laughs> it on. Like, there's another scene where he's mm. busting into something. He's wearing the mask, and there's like Kendrick Lamar is playing. And yeah, it's just it's so good. It's fantastic. I just like everything in this movie. Everything in this movie is. Good. I honestly don't think I have any qualms with it. Like, I feel like there's so many Marvel movies where I'm just like. Uh, but I just never felt like that. Yeah. Did you have kind of a look? Yeah, yeah. I think the, the only problem I have with it, which is a problem with every Marvel movie, is that it's a shame that they're such big budget movies, but that there's little things with the special effects that always pull me out. Oh, yeah. You know, they had ILM do the special effects for a lot of it, right? So, uh-huh. you know, every scene 
I guess what's what's wrong with it is inconsistency because yeah. there's scenes where you see them flying the cool spaceships into Wakanda, like past all the waterfalls, and it looks totally believable. Yeah. It looks really cool. All those chase scenes are awesome. But then there's moments when you can really tell that Black Panther is animated when he's yeah, flipping through true. the air. And there's times when you can really tell that people are standing in front of a green screen. Mm-hmm. And I think th- this happens because there's multiple special effects companies working on the film. Yeah. I was looking at the credits and there was something like, there are 10 or 11 different companies who are doing the special effects for the movie. So that's I think wild. I think that's maybe a problem. No, that's, that is there's, a problem too. There's I nothing think... as egregious in this movie as some of the stuff in the in Thor Ragnarok. Like so, some of the, yeah. like the green screen shots in that movie, some of, some of the time you just go, oh boy. There's nothing that... <laughs> bad in this movie but yeah but yeah that's true there is kind of that artifice that i think can i don't know yeah contributes to because it is fun in a way to have your super movies feel like they are embedded in a little bit of reality and so when you're kind of taking that away through so much cgi it can diminish that sense of wonder in a way because it does feel very fake but you know i think 98 percent of the special effects in this movie are excellent wakanda is beautiful totally all the spaceships are really cool most of it is really great. It's just that little bit where you get pulled out where you go, huh? Yeah. Really, Marvel? You couldn't have spent, I don't know, a little bit more to get that smoothed yeah. over? But that's or my we're... only complaint, and I, that is yeah. like such a small complaint. Yeah, no, it's a small The movie's complaint. fantastic. No, it's, it's really good. I think it's one of my favorites, I think, so far from Marvel. I mean, I feel like I say so far, but it's also been so long. So it's just like yeah. maybe just one of favorites, one of my favorites in general. Like it just... Felt very substantial. I feel like the characters are very well developed in comparison to the other ones. I love it. I'd want to see it again. You got anything else? Um, I don't really think so. I think pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's time for final thoughts followed by recommendations. Cool. So yeah, my final thought. I think this is a great Marvel movie. It's also just groundbreaking in general. You know, to have a superhero movie directed, written, designed, starring black actors is so. You, that's something you don't see very often and the movie is very conscientious of that and um it just feels like a really great step forward toward a more inclusive entertainment industry so i'm really excited to see you know what cinema and superior cinema is going to look uh like moving forward but yeah in general this is just one of marvel's strongest efforts very wonderfully directed well acted and yeah it just feels very substantial to me and i loved it <laughs> how did you feel yeah, I think this this movie is a really, really excellent look at what it means to write a good villain mm-hmm. and have a character who changes and to really create and build a world. You know, in so many of these Marvel movies, they take characters on journeys through space and you get to go to Asgard, or you get to go to the trash planet, or you get to yeah. go to wherever, but it doesn't really feel quite real. There's not yeah. very much there. With Wakanda... You spend a lot of time there. You get to know what the culture looks like. You get to Mm. meet all the people. That's one of the things I wanted to mention about this movie. The difference between this movie and most Marvel movies is that it takes its time. Yeah. There's a lot of times in this movie where it just slows down and you just get dialogue and you get flashbacks and you learn about the characters. It's not a movie that's, you know, a punch a minute. It's not, it's not action, action, action. And I love that. It was, it was so necessary for them to slow down and for us to understand because I'm fairly sure that Wakanda is going to feature really heavily in 
Infinity War and this oh. Avengers movie that's coming up. So if we already have this attachment to this place, since it is a franchise, whatever happens in Infinity War is going to be that much more impactful for it. Yeah. So if something bad happens to Wakanda in Infinity War, I'm going to be so mad. Oh, but... I think Wakanda's going to get kind of messed up no, in Infinity War. Uh... I think I think it's going to be sad. I'm over. I'm not going to watch it then. Not going to watch it. Not going to look at it. <laughs> not going to watch not it. Not even going to give it my money. I'm so. sorry. Nope. Okay. <laughs> and then in terms of recommendations, there are very few like black superhero movies. There are a few. So I thought I would recommend one that I think is, it was really successful and it came out, but it's kind of gone under the radar and I think it's pretty unique and fun. And that is Hancock with Will Smith and Charlize Theron. And that one's very, it's very, very odd because it's like a pretty standard superhero movie, but it's filmed and almost like a Verde style, like it uses kind of like the shaky camera technique and it tries to be kind of gritty and it's just very weird, but it's also kind of unlike anything Will Smith has done as you know, a major blockbuster star. And I remember when that came out, I really enjoyed that a lot. So recommend some other people checking that out. And then I suppose it is not like a total superhero, but I really like Black Dynamite from 2009. It is kind of a parody of the black exploitation movies. Um, I love that movie. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's a parody of the black exploitation movies of the 70s. And that's just like really super fun, uh, very kitschy, and does a really good job paying homage to a really interesting cinematic era. So I really enjoyed those two. And then I kind of had demanded yesterday because I'm a huge fan of the Black Panther soundtrack, um, you know, features artist. I mean, it's curated by Kendrick Lamar, but it has artists like SZA and The Weeknd, 2 Chains, Georgia Smith, and I've been listening to it nonstop. So I kind of, I wanted to recommend songs on it. So I was like, could you also, so I don't seem weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, overall, listen to that. I think it is one of the best soundtrack albums. And I'm not even, I know that sounds very dramatic to say that, but. It's really good. It's fantastic. So I really recommend if you are going to listen to certain ones that are my favorites, I would go with I Am, which is a Georgia Smith solo. I'm a really big fan of hers as well. She's kind of an up and coming British R&B singer who Kendrick really likes and Drake really loves her as well. And she just in general, I think is going to be huge. So I love that song. So I think it's just like a testament to like what she's really doing well as a rising artist. So another one is Bloody Waters with um, Anderson Pack and Kendrick Lamar. And who else is in that song? A couple other uh, collaborators with that. And that's just kind of a song about gang warfare over a, min a minimalist beat. And it's just a very interesting song. But it's just, those are just two of the many great tracks on here. So check those out as well. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Well, for movies, I went for a really old movie. Well, that's not really old. It's from the 50s. But um, <laughs> it's a movie that was... Produced by Brazilian, French, and Italian production companies, wow. uh, filmed in Brazil. It's called Black Orpheus mm. or uh, Orfeo Negro, I yeah. think is the original title. Have you seen it? I've heard it's amazing, it's but I haven't watched really it. It's really incredible. It's the story of Orpheus and Eurydice, but mm -hmm. it takes place in Rio de Janeiro during Carnival. Oh, okay. And I chose it because Rio de Janeiro is not a utopia, it's a little bit grittier but it's amazing during carnival and it's really colorful mm -hmm. just like wakanda so I, I remember when i was watching when i was watching uh black panther i was like there's something about the colors here that's reminding me of something else i've seen so yeah very colorful black orpheus is Barack obama's mother's favorite movie oh i think i'd read that and yeah. there's uh in the documentary barry uh the two of them watch it together mm. uh, on thanksgiving ah. yeah so that's kind of wholesome yeah. Fact. Uh, <laughs> and then the other movie that I would recommend is Casino Royale, the James Bond oh, movie, love it. because 
it's great. It's got a lot of casino time, just kind of like <laughs> this movie has its one casino scene, but it's it's also got some fun James Bond stuff. Q isn't in it, which is unfortunate. <laughs> and there aren't really any fun gadgets, but as far as Bond movies go, it's it's pretty much the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to see something with Q, watch one of the older ones. Yeah, that's true. He's in like all of them. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, I feel like Casino Royale and Black Panther are comparable because they kind of revive these very old franchises. So there's that, too. There is that. Off the album, <laughs> uh, I will recommend uh, the third song on the album, X, which is featuring Schoolboy Q, 2 Chains, and Saudi. And I think Kendrick produced it, or is he appears on it. Yeah. I think he appears on like pretty much every single track yeah. in some way or another. And then the other song I would recommend is Paramedic. I love it so much. That song's great. That was like going to be one of mine, but that I was like, we and have to mix it up. <laughs> the featured artist on that is, is it S-O-B-X-R-B-E? They're one, they're like a rap group. They're from, a rap group? From Vallejo, yeah. Okay. And they're yeah, like, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, like Georgia Smith, they're like kind of up and coming as well. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah, there's like a good mix of veteran artists and then uh, new people that Lamar's interested in. So I really like it a lot. Highly recommended. Highly right. Just everything, everything that pertains to this movie in any way, just, just take it in. Do it. Also, if you're looking for more Kendrick and you haven't listened to Damn yet for some reason, it's Me. time, friend. It's time. You gotta. You gotta. If you want to hear more of us talking about movies, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Android, Stitcher, TuneIn, and our website, uwpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the Filmcast can find us on our personal twitter accounts at aiden walkero or at blake w peterson if you want to write to us with a suggestion for a film to watch uh, want to share your thoughts about black panther with us you can shoot us an email at cinemadventurepodcast at gmail.com if you like the show please share it with a friend put it on the social media get us out there if you want to follow along with us next monday we're going to be talking about a very different movie <laughs> rocky horror picture show Ooh. with a special guest we're having uh, Rebecca Gross, our editor-in-chief here at The Daily oh, On, to join us. So honored. Very honored. So thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Yeah, have a wonderful oh, afternoon. Yeah, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, of course. <laughs> see you next time. Seattle Seahawks have the best offensive line in NFL history. Kyle Seeger is the better Seeger brother. Markel Fultz is the best player on the Sixers. Hashtag trust the process. Okay, we don't actually believe any of these things, but if you want to hear our thoughts on topics like these, tune into the Boxing Podcast with Chris Ankiko, Alec Dietz, and Andy Amashta every Friday on the Soundbite Network. For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.